Back at it. It is the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Podcast, a proud member of the Stony Island Audio Network. And I'm your host, Sean Kantrowitz, coming back at you after taking a week off, an unplanned week off, due to your boy, in this case, I am your boy, catching a pretty nasty cold or flu. I don't know. I took a few uh, nasal swab tests and I was able to confirm it was not COVID, but man, I was and still am feeling what I have read uh, described as that quote unquote kind of brain fog. And it is not fun. I'm feeling better than I was, but I'm still tired. I'm like kind of lightheaded. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on it and, you know, maybe get checked again. But all signs test wise were pointing to negative. So, needless to say, I think I'm going to be keeping my mask on for quite a while, my friends, because getting sick for the first time in years was not fucking cool. So I do apologize for the gap in your podcast rotation here. Hopefully we won't have any more lapses anytime soon. And I'm looking forward to bringing you new episodes, classic episodes, some more themed episodes that break format, like the making illmatic thing that Midas and I did last time. We've got some more of those planned and some other goodies. If I get better and back into the swing of things, we will be roaring full steam ahead on all of that. This is a good time for me to say that if you haven't done so already, I would really, really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast. And once you've done that, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a review is so crucial for a show that is new to the podcast world, like The Questions is. And, you know, on a personal note, it just lets me know that you are, you know, this is something actually being heard and received. That's so important. I've also decided to revive the questions Patreon, which some of you longtime friends of the show may remember. If you enjoy the questions in all of its forms and you want to throw some support so, you know, we can continue to grow and maybe even bring on more help at some point so that, you know, me getting a cold doesn't throw the operation totally off course. I would humbly ask you to visit patreon.com slash thequestionshiphop. I'm not going to lie, at this stage in the game, I'm still figuring out what type of things you all might want and appreciate most from a setup like Patreon. And I'm definitely open to suggestions and feedback, but at the very least, if you want to just support and be part of a tight-knit group, it is greatly appreciated. Anyway... This is a classic episode today featuring the incomparable Hieroglyphics MC producer. He's a character all of his own in hip hop. It's Del the Funky Homo Sapien. This was episode 102 and it was recorded on June 17th, 2021. It was great. An absolute pleasure. Del was really kind and open and shared some great stories from his career. And he really fanned out as a hip hop and music fan too. I think you'll enjoy it. As has been the case, I'll be popping in for our visual round, Picasso Baby, to let you know what images Dell is looking at to identify the album cover. We also dive into some fun questions submitted by the audience, including some notable fans of the show that you are probably familiar with at the end of this episode, so stick around for that too. All right, I've talked enough. Let's get into it. It's the Questions Hip Hop Trivia with Dell, the funky homo sapien. Who did it first? Question. Who rapping there? That remix and what happened? 
That's the question. Let me ask you a question. And if you ain't know what needs, then my guys knowing what you need. Some answers to the question. Let's do it. So we're going to get into our first round, and the first round is our general multiple choice round. It is called The Choice is Yours. Okay. Artifacts, wrong side of the tracks, is dedicated to this element of hip-hop. Is it DJing, b-boying, graffiti, or MCing? This is writing graffiti. Graffiti, he says, yeah, and he should shout know. Shout out to my dudes, too. You know what I'm saying? Tame One, that's my brother from another, too, man. Shout out to Tame One, man. Yes. Uh, shout out to Tame. You guys did an album together, uh, mm -hmm. the Parallel Universe. Yes. Yes. Yep. And obviously, you know, we we had Elder Sensei on the show before, and we, we should get Tame. Elder Sensei too. Yeah. 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 What? Uh, you know, they are absolutely. I, I'm going to skip around in the timeline here. By the way, we're not doing super linear because again, that shit has been done. It's boring. Uh, mm -hmm. Artifacts are one of those quintessential mid '90s uh, hip hop groups. And uh, for those with the eagle eye, if they know anything uh, and they were at the cinema a couple of years back, they might have spotted our very own guest, Dell, in a movie that was sort of about the whole scene of the mid-90s, uh, oh, Jonah yeah. Hill's mid-90s film. So we had a couple of people ask about this, and I want to know, uh, what was that experience like being in that film? And uh, like, I, I just kind of want to know the genesis of that and, and what it was like in your sort of acting chops on, as it were. Uh, Jonah Hill, he was just a big fan, you feel me? So really it was just an honor for me to just be there for him to be like, yo, I want Dell in my in my movie. He got to be in my movie, you know what I'm saying? He was juiced though, you know what I mean? What happened though with the acting part was he had a part for me. It kind of got to the wayside, you know, got shoved around or whatever. It, it, you know what I'm saying? I ended up, you know what? He was watching me talk to some of the kids out there and then he just got a bright idea. It was like, yo, come back tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do this little part here, but come back tomorrow and we're going to try to do what you did right there and just kind of like. Uh, art imitates life. He saw something you were doing and he was like, yo, that's a great moment. We should put that in the film. I think he just thought it was genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, damn, he really is just hollering at him. Like, okay, that's what I need. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's what he's thinking in his head. You know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. Do you so you're somebody who sort of came of age in the era of the early to mid '90s? Do you find yourself? What is your relationship with nostalgia? Is are you are you somebody who like looks back a lot at the '90s and you're like, oh man, what a time? Or are you kind of more focused on the present and you, are, you don't really look back much? I don't really look back much, but I you know what? I I don't get romantic about the past. So nostalgia, nah, not really like that. But like as far as education and like just having a good foundation, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm always checking stuff out from the past, going back, reviewing stuff. But I'm more focused on what I could do now. Like I said, I'm not hella romantic or nostalgic about it. Like it was better than any other era. As far as I'm concerned, this era is the best era to me. Because it's yeah. the only era, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, like to me, being stuck, there's nothing wrong with uh, having reverence for the past. But w as you said, it, when you're romantic about things, it's almost like 
romantic nostalgia almost seems like the cousin of like regret to me. Like when you're just like so fixated huh. on what was, it just doesn't seem fruitful, right? Like that's not going to help. Realistic, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like a fantasy, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like to live in a fantasy world. I like to be real about stuff, just so I, just so I could deal with things. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get hit blindsided. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, we're gonna move on to our second question. Dell's doing great so far. He knocked that artifacts one right out the park, but you know we might turn the heat up a little bit as well. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, one thing, um, Red Man is a uh, Red Man and uh, Tame is cousins actually. Yes, that that is true. That is true. So the, another uh, you know Jersey uh, connect there, and Red Man also was a, a DJ early on for Do It All from mm -hmm. Lords of the Underground. So there's like a lot of a lot of, you know, cross-pollination, as it were. So um, when he said, I DJ like quick, he really meant, like, he DJ like quick. Like, that wasn't, he just, he didn't just say that just because DJ quick was a famous person. He said it because he really meant, I DJ like quick. <laughs> Absolutely, man. See, this, this is, I, I love, I love having these moments where we can just sort of nerd out on shit like that, <laughs> for sure. Um, all right, we're going to move on to our second question. Yeah. Record label A&R, Dante Ross. Played a part in signing all of these hip hop acts except for one of them. Was it Brand Nubian, Slum Village, Old Dirty Bastard, or Buster Rhymes? Who did he not sort of have a hand in, in signing and developing? Slum Village. He says Slum Village. Let's see if he's right, mm -hmm. folks. I think he should know. Slum Village is correct. Mm -hmm. Dante Ross. Um, I, so I have another show called Can't Knock the Shuffle, and it's a podcast. And I, this week, I had Dante Ross on the show. Okay. And we That's spoke, my homie. That's the homie. That's the big bro. For you're, real. You're, you're echoing exactly what he said about you, because we did talk about his uh, involvement in the early stages of your career. Um, the, the, your first album, I wish my brother George was here, as well as the second album, No Need for Alarm. And, um, you know, again, we're, we're sort of talking about all these eras and chapters here. Uh, when you were making the transition from the first album to the second album, what was sort of on your mind? Because anybody who's a fan, and we've all heard these records many times, that was like a real stylistic change. And uh, I just always am curious in, in talking to people, like, did you feel nervous at all? Like, or, or did you feel very confident about like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do me at, at this time? I was, I was kind of nervous because, I had a lot of like complexes, I guess, going on at the time. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I had to prove myself because a lot of people was like, you know, where I was from, like a lot of people that were like heads, like super duper rap nerds, they was like trying to diss me for my first album, like saying it was like commercial or something, you know what I mean? And that made me feel hella bad because I'm like, what's wrong with parliament? You know what I'm saying? Parliament the shit, you feel me? But they took it like I was trying to rap over what gangsters rap over. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it seems silly now, but like at the time that really affected me. So that was in my head. Like I just felt like I had a lot to prove. Um, Sophia Chang, though, she was she worked at Jive. You know what I mean? Zamba, yeah, Jive Zamba. She signed Souls of Mischief and Casual, right? Yeah. So she helped out a lot with me. You know what I mean? Like she. She gave me a lot of confidence because she heard my shit and was like, yo, this shit is like, this is stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should go with this. So I didn't have a lot of people around me that I could really like 
you know, trust like that, but I could trust her because she was always like she up me on red man shit. Like she had red man shit, she had food stickers, shit, she had DOS effects shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, okay, she knows what she's talking about. You feel me? It's so, so that interesting. Gave me, that gave me the edge. Yeah. That yeah. Dante Hella supported too, though. Yeah, for sure. It's just so interesting because at the time, you know, 90s West Coast hip hop uh, on a on a way like bird's eye view for like people who maybe were only casually like tapped in. The gangster sound was like the G-Funk gangster sound like was the, the calling card. So it's ironic that like you who were already were like you had a much more complex identity that you would almost get like get like shit on for that. Like like, you know, it's it, it's just ironic to me, you know what I mean? Because like you you obviously contain multitudes, but like they were like, oh man, like you're not like you were doing what everybody was doing at the time, and it was still a dope, potent sound. You know what I mean? That's like my one of my favorite albums that I recorded, and definitely one of the best experiences recording a record that I ever had. Like I had hella fun recording that album. You feel me? DJ yeah. Pooh, DJ Pooh was a straight mentor. He was like just. All the knowledge and game I was soaking up from him every day. You feel me? Like, it, it was just a good time for me. And being around all the bros, you feel me? The lynch mob, all that. It was just hella fun. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to our third. Oh, and question. George Clinton was on it. I can't forget that. How could we forget? That How was so miraculous to me. I was like, wow. When Q was like, hey, you want you wanted me to get George Clinton on here? I was like, you could do that? Yeah, I can get them, the Brides of Funkenstein, you want me? I was like, okay. Next thing you know, Brides of Funkenstein and, and fucking Clinton is on my shit, you feel me? That that was a big, big, big influence for me. Yeah, I mean, you've been like a torchbearer for, I mean, you have the the word funk in your, in your name, like literally. So like, I've always considered you and so many other West Coast artists sort of like carrying a lot of that Parliament, the P-Funk, you know, if not like straight up identity, a lot of the components and, and you know ingredients in the sound that you've made. So I, I can only imagine that must have just been surreal, especially on the first album. It's not even like, all right, you know, he's he, he's earned his stripes. Like now, like maybe one day you can get like George Clinton, like George Clinton first album. Come on. Bro. <laughs> but I mean, he based that, you know, Q based that off of me and what I was into. Yeah. You feel me? And he was into it too, so that was just natural. You feel me to go with the P funk. But the second album, though, I just felt like, okay, let me show fools I really got some hip hop chops. They they think I'm just this is all the only thing I could do or something. Like that wasn't what I usually was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was an exercise in a style, and then you you've been great at that. You know, that's uh, I, I was I was remarking earlier that like you know you you contain so many styles and you have sort of effortlessly shifted between all those. So for me, you know, and for so many others, I think when we heard it, it was like, oh, this is just another like crazy angle that this like artist is able to take, you know? So I, I was never mad at that. Yeah, I guess you wasn't closed minded then. Like a lot, <laughs> you know, a lot of fans are like, just, it gotta be just like this, you know what I'm saying? And if it's outside of that, I don't, as long as it's good music, I'm like the average person out here. If it's good, I don't care what the genre it is, you feel me? Yeah, and I would even say, I think that time has been kind to both of those records that if a lot of people might have not been open to No Need for Alarm at the time, I think that, you know, that record has aged well in a way that I, I'd be surprised if people didn't come around to that and be like, oh, you know what? 
it wasn't what I was looking for, but like he's spitting his ass off. The production is like super on point. It 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 maintained is what I'm trying to say. You know, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, of course. Um, all right, here we go. Question number three: In the mid aughts, Outcasts Andre 3000 created and starred in an animated kid show called Class of 3000 for this network. Was it Adult Swim, BT? Cartoon Network or MTV2? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Which, which one was it? Damn. A lightweight want to say uh, Cartoon Network, but uh, I don't remember. Uh, all right, I'll just say Cartoon Network. I always say it's a good idea to go with your gut on these things. You, We instinctually know some of these things. So he says Cartoon Network, and it's great that he did because that is the answer. Okay. Cartoon I'm Network. Like, BET, I'm like, I don't remember BET being that clean where they would just have that. And then I'm like, MTV? Nah, that don't seem like it'd be on there. Adult Swim, I'm like, no, because I remember watching it and it wasn't like no Adult Swim. Show. Yeah, you feel me? Yep. That was um, great, though. Shout out to um, Andre 3000, man. He does, he department too, man. Both outcasts, man. Big boy and Andre, man. So I got to ask you this, and I wasn't even going to mention this, but now I, it just made me think of this. It, in, in a respectful way, Outkast seemed to definitely get a lot of stylistic uh, influence from the Bay Area. Would you agree or, or disagree on that? I would agree, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think they got it from us like that more than we had certain... Uh, attributes or we had certain qualities that were similar that we related to each other on you know what i'm saying hmm. so i see it more like that because that's why i liked outcast because you know what i'm saying i wasn't hella familiar with music out there but when i seen them i was like okay i fool with that you know what i'm saying they clean you know they just because of some of the things the way they dress the way they rap you know what i'm saying the way they kind of bounce around they had a little bit of playeristic type of flavor to them you know what i'm saying all that was such they remind me of somebody from oakland sort of you know what i'm saying like that yeah man i just felt them you know yeah that, that, that goes for anybody i liked though like red man was the same way like i don't think red man got nothing from me necessarily or i got nothing from him like that but just the characteristics i could relate you know what i'm saying Totally. And I think with all these artists, too, there was definitely like a George Clinton funk sort of like undertone for all those. And yeah. I think about especially the early records for you, for Redman, for, for Outkast, and then especially what they did even later where they were really wearing those influences on their sleeves. It was definitely the funk, you know, for lack of a better word. If you think about it, though, George Clinton was one of the only dudes that wasn't tripping off sampling. Right. You know he was he encouraging was like, I get it. I get what it is. He wasn't like the other older dudes trying to clown and stuff. <laughs> so, like, you know, he got to stay around a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, no, no, Uncle George, you got to come kick it. Hell no, nah, boy. You got to come over here. You feel me? So, like, yes. Yeah. So, George Clinton, man, he was the dude. He did so much, man. So, Big influence on a, on a lot of stuff. Like, if you think Atomic Dog, dude. Atomic Dog was like a prototype to some of the hip hop coming out. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Hey, Kitty. Oh, yeah, we got a Kitty. Kitty, kitty cameo. You got a little dusty. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I got a cat out of you. I had to I had to lock mine out of the room, otherwise he tries to, you know, bogart the whole show. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shout out to all the cats watching or, or in the vicinity. We see you and appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dell also speaks cat, uh, some feline uh, linguistics as well. I'm a Leo, so. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're speaking about Cartoon Network. Uh, you had a resurgence uh, in your career, uh, you know, damn, it, it's a, I don't want to even say the years now because it feels like time is slipping by, but you sort of got reintroduced to a whole new audience through the gorillas and uh, your experience with that. Um, what, you know, how, how was that experience for you? And did it ever get to a point where you felt like, like, oh, like, am I going to like go in a completely different direction now? Because like Clint Eastwood was a huge hit. That Gorillaz album was a huge hit. Like, I- I'm just always curious about what that's like to experience a sort of unexpected surge, you know, into your career. Because at that point, you were like pretty much, I think, like a decade at least into your career, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, what was what, like? What was your experience on that? Was it like? Did did it feel like really like rewarding, or did it was it strange? Like, what what was the whole Gorillaz experience for you? Well, the first time I even noticed that it was like really all that was like I was walking on the block out here and some cats ran up on me. It was like, you deal, huh? I was like, yep, yep, what's happening? They was like, hey, man, I like your new song you got on the radio. And I'm like, what new song? <laughs> They're like, you know, your new song that you got on the radio, it's tight. I'm like, new, new song on the radio? What is you talking about? They start laughing. Yeah. And they're like, he don't even know, he don't even know what his new song is on the radio. They play it like all day, every day. You don't know what it is. I'm like, all day, every day. What is you talking about? It's called something like Gorilla something. I'm like, nah, you can't be serious. So wait, like, did, yeah, did man, you know? Like, did you know that they were even like considering it to be the single, or did you just do it and you're like, oh, this might be on the album, like whatever? I, I mean, I knew it was gonna be on the album because it was uh basically i did like a cleanup job basically oh uh, okay dan had some other rappers on the song and he didn't like them so he had me do the song over basically <laughs> with some new lyrics you feel me he, yeah. fig- he figured i could do it in like 30 minutes or so so he was like you know just write, write up something real quick and i'm like all right man you know what i'm saying and I, you know i was don't not to, not to say that i wasn't with the project like I thought it was dope. Like the the characters was super fresh to me. Like the artwork was really one big reason why I was into it so much. Mm. You know, say so I thought the music was fire too, though. But the cartooning I really thought was dope because that's what I was doing. You know, what I'm saying at first before I started rapping and stuff. I was ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah. like, but nobody went into it thinking that it was gonna blow up like that though. It was all just. Everybody appreciated each other for what they did, and that's why they even did it. And then, you know, it started getting popular, I guess, in Europe. And then, like, you know, out here, they started, some people heard about it, you know what I mean? And I guess they thought they was hip or whatever, knowing about it. And then it started getting popular over here, you know? And yeah. That, that's just how it went. As far as far as the popularity and stuff, like, I'll, I'll take it with a grain of salt. I'll be telling people all the time, like, okay, that's cool, but, like, don't think that that's what I usually be doing and be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? I'm just right. letting you know now, like that's not usually what I'll be doing. 
Yeah, but you know what? I think it it, it doesn't encapsulate everything, but it didn't feel like a, a crazy wild left turn. Like, oh, like, like, oh, like, it, it's not like anybody would hear it and be like, oh, Dell did this to get a check or anything like that. Like, it oh, sounds yeah, like, it sounds like you. It's still me, but like, I'm just saying, like, you know, it might not, it might be a little more rougher around the edges or be like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want you to be shocked you listen to this. And then it's like, hey, he said, oh, whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? Right. I don't watch it like I did on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to our next question. We're going to keep it moving. Shout out to everybody on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, yes. Twitter. We got people all Twitch. over the place. And yeah, Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you, you must. A lot of people just came to Twitch recently, but as a gamer, I feel like you probably were up on Twitch for a minute, right? Oh, yeah, I was I was up on get Twitch from the beginning, you know what I'm saying? But that's due to um, Caustic, my dude Caustic, you know what I'm saying? He battles with King of the Dot and shit, you feel me? Uh, so he really put me up on it, so he was like, man, Dell, you got to come over to Twitch, man. You'd be perfect. Yeah. So we, we tried something a few times. I, I need to get back on it. I just need to learn how to use, uh, what's this? Uh, Stream Labs. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Stream Labs. I just got to figure out how to use it a little bit better. And then I'm. Uh, we, we all, we all, a lot of us learned under the gun in this last year. <laughs> we all sort of was like, all right, Twitch is where we got to go. Let's figure this out. Yeah. Hey, they, uh, they got a lot of viewers. What is like 2 billion every month? You it's feel out me? of control. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not a huge gamer. And, and on top of that, I don't truly understand the appeal of watching other people play video games. But I know it's a thing because the numbers prove it. But I, I just personally don't understand it per se. You know? Yeah, you, you got to work. You got to really work the sticks to really understand. Yeah. You, sometimes when you at the house and somebody's sitting there with you, your partner, he might not be playing. It's just you playing. But yeah. he'll, he'll be like co-piloting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, no, you got to do this, do this. Oh, you didn't know you could do this? Or he'll see some stuff that you didn't see. Right. So like there, there is something to get out of watching somebody else play. Sometimes you don't want to play, but you still want to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally get that. All right, we're going to move on to the final question in our first round. Wu-Tang's iconic W logo was first drawn by this Wu figure. Ooh. Was it Method Man, Ooh. Mathematics, RZA, or Jizza? Who first drew Ooh. the Wu-Tang logo? God, don't beat me up for not Jizza, uh, maybe. Okay, I'm gonna you're, go with Jizza. You're gonna go with Jizza. Let's yeah, see what the answer probably. is. Let's I'm gonna pull it up here. The answer was mathematics. The producer. I said that was in my mind too. <laughs> Something was telling me it was mathematics because uh, uh, I remember off the cuff somebody saying that before. Okay. Listen. It's fine. You know, this there's no there's no there's no failures here. This is now just a piece of information that now you'll know when the next hip hop trivia game show that you go on, you're going to be like, I'm just oh. saying, though, it, I really was in my mind like I kind of remember something. Well, let me just say Jizzle because he's a genius. You know, yeah, he is a genius, but maybe not the artistic genius <laughs> that mathematics is. But is it true that you designed the Hyro logo that you drew that? Yes, I did. So how many iterations of that like or, or let me ask you this how long were you drawing that classic like like all respect to the wu-tang but let me just be clear if the hieroglyphics logo is not the best logo in hip-hop it's damn near close it, it, it's tied up there in my book so i want to know how for how many years were you drawing that iconic little doodle in like notebooks 
before I like used it as Hyro. Right, exactly. I think I made it up like right around the time I was getting signed, I think. Wow. I, I just drew it. I mean, I, I mean, I really was visual. My father is a visual artist. My father is an abstract artist. Oh, so I, I was putting like at an early age, I was putting art schools and stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I got the training, you know what I mean? Like I know what I'm doing, hmm. you feel me? So it's, it wasn't hard. I just thought like, you know, let me take something simple because I was into graphic design too. Like I, I like commercial, good, clean, like, you know, designs. Yeah. So that's how I came up with that. But off the, the happy, like be happy uh, symbol from the like 70s, 60s, you know what I'm saying? The happy face. Yeah, the, the, the yellow, yellow the yellow classic, yeah, happy face. I just changed the face a little bit, you know what I'm saying, to, to represent what I was thinking about, you feel me? But it's, the same type of simple concept, though. It's it's simple. It's immediately identifiable. Like it, it's it's easy to it's easy to say this in hindsight and retrospect. But it's like it's the type of thing that people could easily want to get tattooed on them, and people have done that. Like like that's you know I, I don't know if that's the type of thing that you're thinking about when you're just doodling a sketch like that. I was. Yeah, I was into like rock groups, you know what I'm saying? Like Black Flag. I used to, I still, like, I still kind of want to get a Black Flag tattoo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, yeah, enough. Because that's what I was into. That's what I kind of wanted to do. Well, I was thinking, like, okay, I'm going to have to do something to make money. So I like, you know, I like graphic design. I could get into that. You make money at that, and I wouldn't be mad. You know what I'm saying? Even though that probably wouldn't be the real art that I was trying to do, but right. I wouldn't be mad at that. You feel me? So, yeah, yeah, I definitely was thinking about all those potential things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the pros and the cons. Yeah, I definitely thought about that. Uh, mission accomplished. Um, so it's fitting now because we're going to move into our second round. But it's all about before, artwork. But what? before you do that, I just want to yeah. give a shout to um, my dude Intel, you know what I'm saying? Cause he's down with the wool too, you know what I'm saying? He's the younger generation though, you feel me? Okay. So I just wanted to give a shout out to him. I just did a little something with him on a project he came out with. So just look for Intel, man. He's an MC? Yes, he's an MC, yep. All right, shout out Intel, Wu-Tang uh, affiliate, uh, and you know we'll be looking for that. So we're talking about art, and the second round that we're entering now is called Picasso Baby, and this is all about art. Okay. So in this round, I'm gonna show you a small piece of an album you have to identify what the album is by the little piece of it that you see. So let's get into it. Okay. It's a black and white close-up of a hand holding a pistol. What album is this? Is it Big Noise? Ice Cube. Oh, he's Will. hopping right into it. It's a family affair. Ice Cube, Kill It Will. I mean, I just recognize that gun being held out like that. <laughs> My God. I know you've talked about a lot in the past uh, and even earlier in this interview, how Cube was sort of a guiding hand. And, and obviously, you know, cosines and hip hop are such a, a, a big, you know, part of, of how a lot of artists got put on. So, you know, he was definitely a prominent figure earlier in your career. What you know, I've, I've always wondered this. Uh, and as much as you want to reveal, do you guys keep in contact much in, in recent years? Like is, what, how has your relationship changed or was that just a moment in time and like you drifted apart? I see him every now and then, you know what I'm saying? I holler at him every now and then, you know what I mean? He a busy person, so. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes I try to holler at him and it seemed like he ain't really for the small talk, you know what I mean? Like, but, but you know, 
I, I no, it's, it's still cool though. That's the you know that's the big cuz you feel me. So it's still cool. But uh, I I don't, I don't talk to him hella often though. Sure. If I need if I needed to reach out and holler at him, I could. I'm sure you know what I'm saying. But I don't I don't think he'd be much for just the chitter chatter like that. You know what I'm saying. So I just let him right. do whatever he's doing. Right, and you you've been able to establish your own identity and your own career where it's not like you know you're looking you're not in the same place that you were at, you know, when you were first coming out, like at this point, you're, you know, everybody's a grown man. Like you, you guys oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be chasing after him for no handout or nothing. No way. You feel me? Yeah. Like, that's my cousin. So, like, why, why burden him with, oh, come on, man, can you come? He already did that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he got to do, he, he, and, you know, at this point, he got to do what he need to do to keep his boat afloat his damn self. So, I mean, that's just life. So I would, totally. if I can't, if I came at him, I'd come at him with like, oh, I got this idea that we could bounce and flip like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like a mutual thing that we both could benefit from, but me Build just it together. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But just dragging on his coattails. I feel like he got, he had enough of that. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's cool. We're going to move on to our second question. Which album is this? It's a close up of three young kind of high school age looking people standing in front of some green lockers. Is it the High School High soundtrack? Schoolie D, Welcome to America. Casual, He Think He Raw, or KRS-One, Chris Styles. Casual, He Think He Raw. Casual, He Think He Raw. It is correct. Casual. Smash Rockwell. <laughs> Smash Rockwell, exactly. <laughs> um, I have a question. Uh, what is your favorite Hyro or Hyro affiliate album that is not your own? That's probably one of them right there. Yeah. No, yeah. It's it's a great one. Uh, a lot of people I don't even think know that beat that I just played, and it was one of the songs on there. Is like a kind of hella early Alchemist joint as well. Mm-hmm. I, I got to get down. Um, but yeah, so. Casual, he think he raw is probably one of your favorites. Then. That's definitely one of them. anything out of anything out of uh, Cash collection. Definitely Soul's first one, I hella like. I even like their second one, hella. You know what I'm saying? Super underrated. Super mm-hmm. underrated. Yeah. I mean, but for the most part, I like pretty much everything. But like the first ones we came out with, I think from them, I, I hella hold in a. You know what? Opio's solo albums too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, his solo album is super fire to me too. Yeah, yeah. No, they, I, I mean everybody in the camp is obviously, you know, everybody got talent. You know what I'm saying? Pep too. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the newer stuff Pep been coming out with, I hella be feeling too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it, it's amazing. Uh, nobody has to be explained that. All right, here we go. Third album in this round. It's a very tight shot of some graffiti work. There's some gray, orange, red, and some like light hues of purple, but it's all very abstract. Ooh, you what album is this? Is it Red Man? What the album? LP, Fantastic Damage, AC Alone, Magnificent City, or is it Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon, The End of Day? Uh, you trying to fuck me up with that one. <laughs> we, Adele, we gotta, we gotta turn the heat up, you know, as, as we go, but look, you know, I'm I'm waiting to see if the chat has anything to say about this too. We, we can lean on the chat if you if you want to see what they're talking. Yeah, about. let's see what the chat got to say, man. All right, let's see what let's see what they have to say. I'm going to bring it on screen. We got uh, Rubik's Uno is saying that it's LP. That's let's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, let's see what else people are saying. Uh, 
We got Ayana on YouTube. She's saying it's B L P. So we got some votes for L P. Paddington for I think it's B two. Mm-hmm. So it, we're getting that graffiti is kind of making me think. Like you feel me? Mm. So it's looking too clean to just be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. So we're thinking L P. Then I think it's L P. Let's see. LP's Fantastic Damage. That's a clean-ass album cover, too. I'm just now recognizing, like, damn, that shit was hella clean. Yeah, and some, sometimes when you zoom in on these things, you're really able to appreciate some of the details on there, for sure. LP um, is my dude, too, man. Shout out to LP, man, for real, for real. Yeah, That's yeah. one of the super homies, man. I always, always had hella respect for LP and, you know what I'm saying, just his whole wave. Yep. Absolutely. And I, well, you know what I'm saying? Even Big Just, man. I fuck with Big Just too, man. And, and now, too, like, uh, for anybody who followed his career, and he's always been dope, and he's having, you know, he's having his gorillas moment at this point. Like, he's with the Run the Jewels project. Like, talk about, like, you know, you got to just be so happy to see somebody, like, really get their moment to shine on a, on a bigger platform, you know? But see, I always thought he had that potential because he, I could peep he was he had them rock roots, you know what I'm saying? Which I thought was dope. That he he was able to he's he seen the connection between that and electronic music and hip hop and then came up with his own shit, you know what I'm saying? And he did that early on with the Cold Flow shit, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So I, I I just always hella believed in what he could do, you know what I'm saying? Especially when he came out with that one, the Johnny Escape from the Hospital or whatever, that one instrumental yeah, album. Little Johnny, Little Johnny, the second yeah. Cold Flow record. Yep. When he let me peep that, I was like, okay, this is stupid, dude. Like that's when I knew, like, okay, he much more than just in the hip hop realm. He could do more. Yeah, yeah. So it's been super dope to watch. Um, He's a producer. You're a producer. We're going to enter into our third round. It's called Digging in the Crates. Okay. So this is our sample round. This is all about samples. So I'm going to play you a sample and ask you a question about it. Dell, you're doing great so far. You killed the visual round as we thought you would. You know, you, you, you've got an eye. The man, again, just to reiterate, and I saw some people in the chat on Twitch and YouTube earlier, they didn't even know that you did the Hyro logo. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's just recognize the talent here that we have uh, on our show tonight. Um, all right, here we go. Filipino singer Celeste Legaspi's Bolero Medley was sampled on a single from this artist's debut album. So I'm going to play you the sample, and you tell me who okay. sampled this. The choices are Camp Low, Common, Edon, and Lupe Fiasco. Here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, DMX, DMX, yeah. Money, cash, money, cash, yo. Come on. DMX yeah, is yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, shout out DMX. Oh. Rest, rest in peace. Um, you know, an incredible talent. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and, you know, video games. I never knew that was that, though. I, I never knew that was that. I I just recently learned it. Uh, I always thought it was a keyboard because Swiss Beats yeah. was a big keyboard guy. We well, was hard for that. I wish I would have known back then. I would have been going stupid. Like, oh my god! I, I'm play it again just so so everybody can hear this again. <laughs> I'm never playing the game so much. Oh, 
money. That's when the little elves be coming out. We used to fuck them elves up too. Like, bah, 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 bah. they be making the little juices pop out of them. Hell yeah, that's old giggity. Yeah, that's how it went, you know? Yep, yep. All right, we're moving into the final question in our sample round. Childish Gambino's Redbone contains elements of a song by this Parliament Funkadelic offshoot group. Is it the Horny Horns, Bootsy's Rubber Band, the Brides of Funkenstein, or Mutiny? I'll play you the Childish Gambino song. You tell me what it is sort of an interpolation of. Bootsy, he says... I studied Boosie, man. Like, literally studied Boosie. Yeah? Like, literally. Like, I'm talking about on line paper, on staff paper. Literally studied Boosie and Funk. So, yeah, I knew that as soon as I heard it. Yeah. he. Uh, I don't know if when they came out, they originally credited uh, the Bootsie song or not, when the Gambino, but... They- uh, hey, they might have had the, um, you know... Wiggle, you feel me? <laughs> they they might have gotten the uh, the uh, Marvin Gaye blurred lines uh, uh, treatment. I was just reading up, well, reading about, I was just seeing it on YouTube or something. You know what I'm saying? They was talking about that's so stupid. Like suing somebody. Like okay, so what do you think you can sue people for? It well, apparently fools think they can sue you for anything. You know what I'm saying? Influence, influence. Yeah, it's like. I ain't even gonna go there, man, because it's so dirty. But now, yeah, definitely Boosie is one of them super. When Boosie came out, he was like the new funk. Like, oh my God, this is the new funk. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, he was like that new wave. And yeah, that that album right there. Look, look at how he looked. Just driving out of the clouds on a motorcycle, like, hey, baby. Like, from here, you feel out of a dream or something. That's clowning, actually. Yeah. It's, I mean, such a, such a rich, like for anybody watching and like, you know, we, the one common thing that we have in our audience and in our demographic is we all love hip hop, but I implore you. And just as Dell said, he did like study this music, like dive deep, because especially if you haven't really taken the deep dive into like the P-Funk crates, you, there is, there are scores of treasure troves for you to discover. It's not, they're not a one album and done, you know, group. There's so much for you to discover from samples to just, you know, inspiration and uh, musicianship. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. If you go back and just look at, listen to like some of the music from before, I don't want to say that it was better necessarily because there's a lot of music that come out now that I think is great. You feel me? That what couldn't have been made back then, but People were very inventive. Like you, you will be amazed at what some of the shit you hear and be thinking, like, damn, they made this back then. Right. Like you'll just be tripping, like, wow, this is crazy. They made this back then. This is old. Like, how? Like, you'll be amazed. What so for you, let, let, let's just say somebody's watching this right now and they're like, man, like I've, I've heard some of the songs. I obviously know who George Clinton is. What is the starter? What, what is that? Where should they start to sort of get into the P-Funk? What, what would you recommend as the album to sort of kick them off? Man, I would say that one right there. Anything from Boosie, but that one right there is nice, is, is grounded enough. It ain't hello all over the place wild. You know what I'm saying? Like it got a steady groove to it, but it's wild too. Like it's crazy enough. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a good one to start with right there. I think them choruses and them little chants they be having too sound like cartoon characters. Like <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be appealing. Yeah. Totally. All right, Dell, we have reached our final round, and the final round is called Time's Up. So this is our speed round. This okay. is how this is gonna go. You're gonna have 90 seconds to answer five questions in the category of your choice. And here are our categories for tonight. Where were you in 2002? These are all questions about 2002. Mm -hmm. Hip hop concept albums. These are questions about concept albums and hip hop. And the third category is called third album vision. These are questions about artists, third album. So you pick the round to answer in. Okay, uh, 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 hip-hop concept albums. Okay, he's going hip-hop concept albums. So let me just go over the uh, rules here for you. You're going to have 90 seconds to answer five questions. They are not multiple choice. If you don't know the answer, you can say pass, and we can come back to it. But if you answer incorrectly, that question is done. So, you know, just something to be aware of. If you need help from the chat... Just say, yo, I need the chat and I'll bring them in. I'll let you know what they're saying. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is where, you know, it gets a little, it gets a little intense. You've been, you've been doing good, but you know, I, I think this is going to be, this is going to be fun, but I'm just, you know, letting you know that this is, uh, we're now welcome to the Terra Dome as it were. Okay. Okay. Um, I have OC's times up here and it is time to 90 seconds. So when we stop hearing that beat, your time is up. So we're doing hip-hop concept albums. Are you ready? Uh-huh. All right, here we go. 90 seconds on the clock. Hip-hop con concept albums with Del the Funky Homo Sapien. What was the name of MF Doom's alias on the 2003 Take Me to Your Leader album? Uh, King Geekler. That is correct. Black <laughs> Trash, the autobiography of Kirk Jones, is a hip-hop concept album by this New York rapper. Sticky fingers. That is correct. AC alone created his 1998 album, A Book of Human Language, in collaboration with this producer. Uh, help from the chat. All right, help from the chat. Guys, it's a little dry right now. We're going to come back to it. We'll skip it and we'll come back. What was the name of the girl who is Kendrick Lamar's love interest on the Good Kid Mad City album? Oh my God, I don't remember. Damn, I need help right. from the chat. <laughs> we'll pass. Okay, so uh, we got some people, uh, they're saying for the AC alone, they're saying Mumbles. Mm. So we're, we'll go with that. Mumbles, mumble, Mumbles is the answer they're giving. And finally, this MC played the lead role on Prince Paul's A Prince Among Thieves album. <laughs> Breezley Brew, Breezley um, Brew. Yep, Breezley Brewing is correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, so this is the last question. We got to go back to this one. What was the name of the girl on the Good Kid Mad City album? Kendrick Lamar was going to her crib. I need help from the chat. Help from the chat. Guys, do you know the answer? Help him out. We got five seconds left. Oh, oh we yeah. have not got anything from the chat. Dell. Yeah. I want to congratulate you, first of all, because you did pretty well in that speed round. The answer that we didn't get was Shireen. Shireen was the name of the girl on the Good Kid Mad City album. Um, yeah. I'm totaling up your score here, um, but I want you to know, no matter what, no matter what happens, you are a champion in our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> 
really quick, while I total up your score, I have a question for you. We always like to ask people who have been on the show, who would you recommend come on the show next? Who's an artist or a DJ or, or a producer that you think should we should get on the show? Let me think for a second. Red Man. Whew. Red Man. Yeah, we'd love to get him. Probably ain't hard. What is that? It probably ain't hard. He'd probably be down to do it. Yeah, we, we've had some talks with him. So, Dell, I think we're, we're going to make it happen with him soon, too. So, Dell, I told up your score. You had 15 questions, and you got 13 out of 15 right. Now, let me tell you who is in the 13 club with you. Um, these are previous guests who have scored 13. And I want you to feel good about this. You know, you got two wrong, but listen to the company that you're, uh, that you're with right here in the 13 club. We got... Your boy Dante Ross scored 13 out of 15. Questlove from The Roots, Jake One, Open Mike Eagle, Just Blaze, Teray, Mike Geronimo, Nature, uh, Paul Stewart, Big Les from BET, Rap City. I mean, another day. Yeah, I just I'm saying this to you so you understand that like you are in great company in the 13 Club. So you know we. You know. I'm not surprised, though, that you said them names. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, do we have time maybe for like five minutes and we can take some questions from uh, from the chat? Oh, yeah. So. All right, let's do it. Actually, uh, we have a we have a few that people submitted online earlier. So I'm going to pull up some of these. Um, let's see. The first question we have is from uh, one of our followers on uh, Instagram and Cut Shallow. And he asks... The depth of the detail and world building on 3030 remains mind blowing. Were there ever any plans to adapt the Deltron 3030 album into a TV show or a video game? Like, did you ever consider that? Oh, yeah. We was trying to work on like a TV series or something like not too long ago. So, really? Yeah. So it's still floating around like, you know, but but it would have to go to that at this point because I think we done did enough that I want to do rap wise. Sure. You know, Cause I'm not into just running stuff into the ground. Just keep on milking it, milking it, milking it till people sick of it. Like, I'm like, if you want more to go listen to the mother albums. But I think it got enough there to be taken to another level, like other media, you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. And you know, like that, the TV development grind can, can take time. So, you know, like that's something that, that definitely can happen. Um, and I know we would all be looking for that in the future. Um, we have a question from Questlove. Ah, from <laughs> he asks, why did you actually drop your home address on Cube's Turn Off the Radio in the lyric, hey, this is DEL from 3838 Twin Oaks. Uh, what's the story behind that? I love Questlove, man. He's a partner. Um, okay. Really, because I was supposed to be on the radio so, you know, when you call in, you t you say all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I said all the stuff that, you know what I'm saying? Cube asked me to act like I was calling into the radio, and that's what you say. You know what I mean? But was that your actual address? Yeah, that was my actual address. Okay. Dude, and people was like, man, that's really? Like, people thought I was lying when I said that Cube was my cousin or whatever. I'm like, whatever, dude. I don't have no reason to lie to you fuck out of here you know that then when they heard that they was like he really is he really is cute cousin <laughs> uh, 
Oh, oh boy. Um, there's a second part to Questlove's question, because if you know anything about Questlove, it's that he has mad questions. Um, he says, tell the Biggie Rasputin's record store story, or was it an Amoeba oh, record store? Is, okay. there, is there a Biggie story? I'm glad he asked that. I'm glad he asked that. How do you know about that? Okay. Um, uh. When I was, no, nah, no, nah, I wasn't working there. I was, no, what, 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 wait, wait a minute. I'm trying to remember exactly, exactly what it was. I think I was working at a Leopold's. I was working at Leopold's, right? Mm. And, I, and and Biggie came through for an autograph signing. And that's I seen them there basically. It was like, yo, what's what's happening? He's like, Dale, what's up, man? You know what I'm saying? I knew about Biggie from um what was that movie called? Uh that Ed Lover and Dr. Dre made. Not Dr. Uh, who's, Dre. Who's the man? Who's the man? Yeah, yeah. I was in that movie, so Biggie had a single on there, Party and Bullshit. Yeah, his first single. Yeah. So I already knew Biggie from then. So I guess Biggie kind of knew about me too. You know what I'm saying? But he was super cool. He was super not not thinking that he wouldn't be super cool, but he was dumb cool. I'm, that, that's what I remember about it. You know what I'm saying? I was just working there, though. You know, it's funny uh, for so many, you know, Biggie, for a lot of people, even though he was super lyrical, he also made a lot of like obviously commercial music. But I hear a lot of stories from other artists who encountered Biggie and he was always super cool to them. Like he was he was a fan of the music, even, you know, as he became like this, this, you know, superstar, he was super into respecting and giving credit to all the dope lyricists like yourself. So that's, but that's how he started but, out, though, like. I mean, you know, if you if you trip off of it, it was really Puff that kind of was like nudging him over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. You know, Biggie, if you listen, especially some of the joints that he didn't even come out with that's floating around, you feel mm -hmm. me? Like, he Puff was like, nah, it's too, nah, it's too, nah. Nothing against Puff, but you know you was doing that, Puff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had, he, he was looking at the commercial master plan and, uh, you know, yeah. Puff was, the bottom was, line. The bottom line. <laughs> That's that bad boy bottom line. Um, mm -hmm. We got another question uh, from the Buddhist punk who asked, will you ever team up with gorillas again? The world could use the spirit, Dell, to give us some wisdom. Is that something that you feel open to or is it similar to the Deltron thing where you feel like I did that, I don't want to necessarily, you know, repeat myself? You know, I, I can't help but say something wise, I guess, in any of my lyrics. I try I try to be not as deep as possible, you know what I'm saying? But like it still come out. So So you're saying I, I that if, if people want wisdom, they don't have to wait for a gorilla's album. That you can get yeah, that any day. Yeah. It depends on what level you want it, you know what I'm saying? Usually I try to speak in like a, a street a street kind of way, you know what I'm saying? So everybody can understand what I'm saying. You feel me? Yeah. In other, I might be more lyrical or more crazy in other places, but usually I just try to be up front. You know what I'm saying? Totally. All right, we're going to do, we have, I think, time for like two more. So uh, yeah. SJ Byrne, I'm terrible at reading. You know when you see like screen names and you don't know where the spaces are? Wow. So you're just like, uh, is this SJ Byrne, his alert asks, <laughs> what's your favorite recent science fiction that you've read or watched? Ooh, let me think about that. Recent favorite. Hmm. Huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, man, what's the last one? I s Ooh, that's a good ass question. I don't even think I've really. I'm trying to think. Has it been anything that I've really? I don't really watch. 
maybe maybe that you even revisited or just rethought about or or we could flip this what's one that you feel like people might be sleeping on like you got to read this book or watch this movie or television show like if you haven't done that man url um <laughs> you know what i'm saying rbe bad i'll be watching battles you know what i'm saying king of the dot i'll be stuck on that you know okay. I'll, I'll you know uh mac homie new album i guess that's as science fiction as i could get you <laughs> all right we'll that's, take what been, that's what i've been rocking off of you feel me i don't watch too much television you feel me sure yeah all right. Uh, I think this is the final question we're going to do. If you had to pick one, which one of your songs do you still always enjoy performing live to this day? Damn, that's a good question. You know what? I, I'm, I'm kind of over performing, period, at this point. <laughs> but it's been so long. You haven't performed in over a year, right? Like, but you, you feel like you're done. But I've been performing my whole life. Like, you mm. know, what I'm like I've never took a break ever. You know what I'm saying? Like every single year, gone. Every single year, gone. Right. Like to the point where I forgot how to even be a human being. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. So do you feel like you learned how to be a human being more maybe this year? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm back to kind of like, okay, I could cook for myself. I <laughs> wash my clothes, you know what I'm saying? All the normal shit that you would be doing, but if you gone all the time in hotels and shit, you never do none of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, well, you know, I'm not going to pay somebody, pay somebody to cook my food or pay somebody to do my laundry or clean up around here. You feel me? Right. I just need to be here long enough to do it myself. I feel like, like it's got to be a balance, but the way the, the way the world is right now too, is just so crazy. Like it's just too many people off the chain. People need to calm down before I come out. <laughs> yeah. Pay me a good ass amount of money. Like make it worth my while, you feel me? But I'm more into making music anyway, you know what I'm saying? Especially instrumental music, like funk or whatever, you know, even music that they only have like, don't even have a label. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So so let me ask you that then. Uh do you feel like there's anything that we should be looking out for in terms of music, whether instrumental or, or do you have anything kind of cooking up? What can people uh expect or or do you have anything on the on the timeline right now? Oh, definitely. I just did an album with a uh, cool Keith. Who keep produced the whole album? Oh wow! Yeah, this shit is crazy. Shit is crazy. Fire. Yeah, yeah. so that that'll be out soon, sooner, sooner or later. You know what I'm saying? But that's called Subatomic, right? Subatomic. Okay. Yeah. Cool Keith did the whole album. Little B is on it too. I'm working with some stuff with Little B too. Little B producing some music for me too. Oh wow! Yeah, it's fire too. Super that's amazing. Fire. Yeah, I've been working with Little B a lot actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely look for that. Some great, I mean, you you are, as we've talked about through this episode, you're definitely somebody who brings out the best in other people in collaborations and also allows yourself to to do great in collaborations. So all these things have got me excited. I know everybody else watching is definitely going to check for those. Man, shout out to Doom too, man. That, man, that fucked me up. Him, yeah. Yeah. He told, he laid out his the whole plot for the MF Doom shit, he told me all that. He told me his whole scheme for it. And it really Before. played out the, the way that he described it. It really played out the way he planned it. Wow. And I was like, man, he really gave me the formula. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy. So, like, I, I just always remember that. He just shared all that shit with me. And he shared this with you before it all went down. Pretty much, you know what I'm saying? I think he had just got out of jail or something. He was in Atlanta, I think. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? And he just hit me up and was like, yo, what's, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? He just, we was just chopping it. You know what I'm saying? He sent me, he sent me some beats too, you know what I'm saying, on cassette. And 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 I swear some of them beats was actually on them um herbs, special herbs and spices or whatever. Like some yep. of them beats that was on the cassette was actually on them. Wow. Boy, yeah. you don't you don't waste nothing, huh? <laughs> nah, he's 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 the he gets the most mileage out of those special herbs for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, crazy mileage. Um, yeah, so shout out, rest in peace, MF Doom. Yeah, we're all still mm-hmm. feeling that. Um, Dell. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, I, I speak, you know, for the, our audience and, and everybody who's watching this, that you are an incredible contributor. And again, like just like on a personal tip, you, your, your first like four or five albums, th- those were the soundtracks to chunks of my life. And like you have absolutely the most like unique style. And I mean, that, that means a lot that meant a lot then. And it means even more now. So, you know, just have to thank you for all you've contributed to the game and it does not go unappreciated. So thank you. Damn. Thank thank you. I, I appreciate that, man. Of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see you on, on the, on the next go round, you know, maybe, uh, one day when we're all back out and in, in the world again, once it's safe and we feel everybody's calmed down, we, uh, you know, we, we're going to be traveling to other parts of the country and doing these live trivia shows. So maybe we'll see you at one of those at some point. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, guys, follow Dell. Uh, you guys know where to find him. He's on Dell Hyro on uh, social media, on Twitter, Instagram. Um, any other uh, places that we should direct people to check you out? Just just look, look around. You know what I'm saying? I'll be doing stuff. I'll be around. You feel me? Just look for him. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much, Del. We appreciate you again so much. Shout out to Domino for helping to uh, orchestrate this. Yeah, shout and, uh, out to Domino, man. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Domino. So. All right. Thank you so much, Del. Thank you. Peace. All right. Peace, man. Peace, y'all. Again, massive shouts to Dell for joining us. And thank you again to Domino from Hieroglyphics for helping to connect the dots. Make sure you leave that review of the show on Apple Podcasts and hit me up at Sean Dammit on all the socials. Visit questionshiphop.com to stay up to date on all things The Questions. And heck, send me a message at sean at questionshiphop.com if you want to talk about, I mean, anything, I guess. If it's too weird, I just won't respond. But, you know, I'm always down to connect and hear what is going on with you guys and what you're looking for, stuff you liked, and any ideas you have for the show. This episode of The Questions was hosted, produced, and written by me. The show's theme is by Zarism and Midas the Beast. Listen to and support all of the other incredible podcasts on the Stony Island Audio Network. And listen to some Dell records this week, all right? You'll be very satisfied, I promise. All right, peace. <laughs>